We're about to light up season three of Drifter's Sympathy on Feral Audio. Episode one is called Dawn of Individuation, which rolls the clock back to right when you decide who you want to be and the kinds of early decisions that, for better or worse, completely mold the rest of the shape of your life. Episode two is going to be called Loner Legends, sort of an attempt to define who the underdog really is and their role in history and culture and art. Season three drops on October 23rd. This is Emil Amos. Check out Drifter Sympathy on feralaudio.com. P.R.A. Public Radio America. You're smarter already. This week on Your Welcome World News, we hear some authentic American voices, as opposed to my own very carefully cultivated American voice, which I developed through five years of broadcast school and 30 years of on-air experience. Thank you very much. These will be salt-of-the-earth everyday people. Maybe they don't even have communication degrees. Can you imagine? Also, BBC affiliate Austin Bronte will join us, as always, via British Skype to discuss plans to build a mountain. Will they make it out of a molehill? Or perhaps several small molehills stacked on top of each other? All that plus retractions today on... You're welcome! Welcome to Your Welcome. I'm Stefan-Straitman, and I refuse to acknowledge or observe Christopher Columbus Day. To the point that I have set up a small pop-up bank and post office in my living room. Please feel free to patronize me. First up today, Your Welcome covers the latest news from all over the world. Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, Boulder, Brooklyn, New Orleans, some north neighborhoods of Chicago, and maybe four or five blocks, give or take, of St. Louis. But today, we focus on America. More specifically, the Americans of America. We at PRA, Public Radio America, believe everyone has a story to tell, and that there is great beauty, truth, and ratings to be found in the everyday voices of these American citizens. Joining us today is Chartreuse Beljar, with two of Your Welcome's newest segments, focusing on people just like you, only different in ways that make for really, really good radio. We're talking like broadcasting awards radio. Chartreuse, take it away with our premier storytelling showcase segment, The Bug. Welcome to The Bug, a live storytelling event that features everyday people telling everyday stories based on a theme. Today's theme, hope. Please welcome Gina Sandalone. So uh, when I was growing up, there were two high schools that you could go to in my town. There was one high school, which was the older high school, RE, and that was uh, kind of in the poor side of town, the poor side of town, where my house was. And uh, directly across these train tracks, there was the richer high school, Bell High School. It was newer. There was a Subway sandwich shop over there, which was a big deal at that time. And there were a lot of different things. You always wanted to go to Bell School. So there was a lottery that decided who went where. And the whole summer's leading up to high school. I was hoping that I would be chosen to go to Bell. 
I don't say I was praying because I didn't believe in God after my father died. So I was hoping. I would sit on my bed every night and I hope that I could go to Bill. So come August, we get the letters and uh, I open up my letter and it's on Bell Letterhead. And I'm accepted to Bell High School. And uh, it's amazing. And I, I go in there the first day of school, my head held high. And uh, I come home and my mom notices I'm, I'm, I'm itching my head a lot. So she takes these chopsticks that we got from the Ch Chinese place next door and she, uh, she starts going through my head and she says, lice. And I say, what? What's lice? She says, bugs. You got bugs in your hair. And uh, yeah, so I, I went to Bell Middle School. I mean, I went to Bell High School and uh, got infested with bugs. The whole school became infested. They shut it down and uh, it had to be burned to the ground. I caught up with Gina Sandalone backstage after the show, and here's a clip of the conversation we had. Gina, uh, that was um, so interesting, uh, such an interesting story. Um, I couldn't help but notice that um, you tied in the theme, Hope, but also uh, did get into bugs. Yeah, uh, well, the bugs got into me. The bugs infested everybody, pretty much, and uh, the walls of the school. And uh, like I said, it was burned to the ground. You were aware that that's not a part of the actual theme of the show. It's it's just hope. But I, the show is uh, called the bug. That's could be uh, misconstrued as confusing to some people. Construed to you, yes. Um, you know. Uh, how about this? Um, you talked about um, the train tracks, and uh, it seems like you were dealing with uh, some class differences. Uh, could you talk about that a little bit more with your family? And yeah, and yeah. Um, the rich kids generally went to Bell uh, before the it burned to the ground with the bugs, um, because it was a nice and newer school. There were good science facilities, and uh, the poor kids went to RE, which was on the poor side of the tracks. Uh, the town overall was very poor, so even the rich kids were pretty, pretty poor. Okay, so it sounds like either side of the tracks, it's kind of the same deal. Yeah, it's basically like whether you got your shoes a pay less or whether you got your shoes from the kids who got the shoes a pay less. Mm. I get mine on Zappos. I don't understand what that means. It's a website. All kinds of different shoes. You can go through different categories and select your price range, but... Uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, religion. Uh, you, you talked about uh, hope as opposed to praying. Um, did you have a religious household? Uh, no. Like I said, uh, God uh, was not allowed in our house after my father died. Uh, an earwig climbed in his ear and laid uh, several nests in his brain. Um, again, they, um, yeah, uh, bugs again. It seems to be a recurring theme in my life, actually. It's a good thing I'm on the show. Did you... You uh, got to be on the show because of a raffle. Yeah, I thought I was um, going in for Chipotle burrito. I have several business cards I make up just for that mm. occasion. And you... I, I put it in a burrito bowl. I'm so sorry we do not have Chipotle burrito bowls. I was noticing that. Thank you so much, Gina. It's been a pleasure. This and is... I hope you get a burrito bowl after this. Me too. I would love to say this was a pleasure, but it's actually reliving a lot of bad stuff for me right now. All right. Well, I think you're just hangry, so you should 
probably have a burrito bowl, and maybe you'll feel a little bit better. I wish there was one here. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gina. Thank you. All right. That was the premiere installment of our new storytelling showcase, The Bug. Uh, joining us in the studio is Chartreuse Belljar. Uh, Chartreuse, hello to you. Hi, hi. Uh, can you explain yourself? Mm, I am a woman, and I have thoughts and feelings. Mostly thoughts, not a lot of feelings. Excellent. Um, now that we've got that out of the way, can you explain your thought process behind this uh, storytelling showcase, uh, which you explicitly promised me would bring us, um, in your exact words, a bushel of broadcasting awards? Just an absolute overheaping horn o' plenty of broadcasting awards. Uh, it's going to take a little time. I've realized that. Um, I'm not admitting defeat right now, but uh, it does seem like the title of the storytelling event, The Bug, is confusing to some people. Yes, uh, fact, especially think, to the easily confused people that listen, would uh, we, be entering a raffle at a Chipotle. We wanted everyday people and everyday people eat at Chipotle. I guess I can't argue with that logic. Thank I, you. I grow my... You're welcome. I grow my own uh, ingredients for what I like to call the Stefan Special Burrito Surprise in my, uh, my windowsill garden. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, what, what do you think we can do about this bug segment to prevent more bug-specific stories in the future? Mm. Um, I think I'm going to change up my location of the raffles. Um, I think I'm going to go to... Uh, McDonald's. I'm going to go to um, just a park. I'm going to have a little bowl in the middle of a park. So some creative someone, you know, is going to see that bowl and drop their card in it or their name. and We'll see what we find. It could bring a lot of homeless people to the studio, but I think that'll be interesting. Everyday people. Yes, they are certainly homeless every day. There is no question there. Um, is it possible that they are thinking about bugs a lot because they go to restaurants like McDonald's? Don't you see some connective uh, well, tissue there? I'm not going to admit defeat again, but um, maybe I will scratch that and change it up to, um, like, Chuck E. Cheese or a DZ Discovery Zone. Do those still exist? I believe there is one in Juneau, Alaska, floating on an ice floe. I will put a little raffle bowl there. Great. Just be sure you pay your own way there, please, and thank you. That is Chartreuse Belljar uh, with her new segment, The Bug. Um, that is the microphone uh, doing a little bow to me like it's a tiny prince. Get over yourself. I can't help myself. I was an only child. Next, we have uh, a new segment here, the second of Chartreuse's two new segments here on Your Welcome, uh, focusing on true-to-life tales of American experiences that reflect on universal realities in the human condition through specificity, poignancy, and hopefully something really exciting thrown in there at some point, like a car chase or a wisecracking animal sidekick, uh, just not a bug. Hopefully nothing bug-related, please. We believe that the themes of these stories can and will lead to epiphanies for our listeners. And, again, all the major broadcasting awards for us. Full transparency here, really angling for these awards. So, 
Fingers crossed, here's Chartreuse bringing us our new profile of the true everyday stories of true everyday people, which we will bring to you not even close to every day, but maybe once a month or so, presenting That American There. That American There is a new segment we are developing also with everyday people living everyday lives, but instead of throwing their names into a raffle bowl, they um, are actually getting approached by me, Chartreuse Beljar. That means I have been knocking on windows of homes, businesses, vehicles, catching people on the way out from the hospital or the post office. I'm approaching people on the streets and getting really good stuff. And by stuff, I mean stories. This week's theme is what we're capable of. And I have Philo Jensen here. Yeah, hi. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. I found Philo wandering around the parking lot at CVS, and I knew he had a story to tell. I dropped my CVS and all, and uh, I was looking for it. I suffered just a real whoppers of, of migraine headaches, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really just good for nothing, good for no thing without that uh, CVS and all. Oh, I, I don't believe that's true. No, I mean, I, I, could, I watched pigeons flap on down and just uh, peck them up off the asphalt, and it was all I could do to just keep from throwing myself onto those pigeons like they were just live grenades. I, I just I really, really need that CVS and all. Oh, my goodness. Um. Yes, I, I've been suffering some pretty serious headaches ever since uh, uh, I, I reached some high elevations uh, in my, my mountain climbing experiences as a younger man. Oh, and that still lingers. You, it's like you. Yes, I I have uh, doctors estimate maybe twelve percent of the blood vessels that I was born with uh, above my neck, so it's really difficult to get proper blood flow up there. Don't you know? Does I don't know walking or jogging? Oh, it makes or... it so much worse. Yeah, I avoid walking at all costs. Uh, if I jog, I will die. If I walk for more than um, 10 seconds or 12 steps, whichever comes first, I will die. Mm. Sometimes sitting too fast makes me vomit out of my nose. Oh, God. My nose. Both nostrils. I didn't know that was possible. Oh, I, doctors did not realize it was so. That's why they call it the Philo Jensen effect. Uh, I sort of pioneered that type of vomit, you see. I guess that's something to be proud of. Yes. Pilo, what do you think you're capable of? I know that you're not capable of much physically, but... Not these days, but, you know, it's the toll that, that greatness takes. Um, you know, I look back on a life of achievement, and I feel no regret. I am enormously pleased with myself. I think of myself as a, a, a winner, a fighter, an overcomer. Uh, a, a, a right on targeter and uh, an ambition pursuer and accomplishmenter through and through. Philo, I see tears welling up in your eyes, and I still have no idea exactly what you're talking about, but I know there's something deep inside, and I really want to get to that. And also, a lot of listeners want to get to that. 
Yes, I, I can imagine. So, uh, excuse me, I have to wipe my eyes. Um, if I cry for more than seven seconds, I you die. You won't vomit. Oh. Well, I mean, vomit while dying. You know, best case scenario, I die first, and then my body vomits after, because I don't want to be present for that. Um, so, I, I, essentially, I was born to a family of nine. Uh, I was the ninth. Uh, and so I was basically uh, just an afterthought. I didn't really have um, a lot of my own toys. I didn't really have a lot of uh, attention from the parents. Uh, I was born with uh, about uh, 4% of the testosterone that uh, my eight older brothers were born with. Um, and without a lot of testosterone, you know, you, you tend to be sort of um, shunned or marginalized in a uh, working-class community. So I always knew as a young boy that I was going to have to achieve greatness. I was going to have to prove myself capable of an enormous physical feat. Was there a physical feat? Uh, yes. When I was 21 years old, I tried to climb Mount Everest. And then the migraines came? Well, that was after, yeah, that was, uh, I attempted it. I did a really, really good job. I gave it my all. I put the best foot forward and then multiple best feet forward in an upward direction. Uh, and then about, uh, I think, uh, three quarters of a mile up. Excuse me. Oh, no, the tears. Yeah, this is actually really bad. Um, hold on, let me put in my tear duct plugs. Oh. These are prescription. They're not technically legal in this state, so um, if you could turn a blind eye, I'd be grateful. Got it, Philo. Um, the hunger that you experience at a high elevation is difficult to convey. It takes over your whole body like some kind of full-body headache. Mm. Like a headache that starts in your stomach. I don't even know what you would call that. A stomach ache. No, I don't think that's it. But something along those lines. And finally, I, I turned to my Sherpa. Uh, his name, I just called him Mr. Sherpa because it was all sorts of syllables, the likes of which I've never heard again to this day. And I said, Mr. Sherpa, I think I'm dying. And he looked at me uh, like I was joking, which I didn't appreciate. And he just kept walking. So the time came um, immediately thereafter uh, for me to bring the biggest rock I could find uh, down over Mr. Sherpa's uh, noggin. I know, I know, this is what the mountain will do to a man. This is what hunger will do to a so-called civilized human. So I, I uh, bashed in his Sherpa brains Oh. Um, oh. I ate him, and uh, oh, then feeling sated, feeling my uh, my stomach headache subside, I said, well, you know, that's pretty good. And then I turned around and went right back. And who was waiting for me at the bottom of that mountain? But my father. Okay. And he said, is that it? And I said, yeah, Pop, I did it. Three quarters of a mile. Also, that, Mr. Sherpa's dad was waiting right next to my dad. What a coincidence. And he, yeah. And he was like, 
uh, have you seen my son? And I was like, yeah, you know, he, he said something about never wanting to see you again. And then he just ran off. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to get involved in family matters. So I'll just let you hash it out with him. Maybe try his cell. And, uh, me and my pop, we just drove back into town. And, uh, then not long after the, the headaches started real bad. Well, um, I suppose I know now that I might not approach someone in the CVS parking lot. Um, I, oh, I, um, I just interviewed, um, a, a killer. Um, oh, let me just gather myself for a second. Sure, Jesus, sure, sure, Jesus. Did you want me to leave? Because I, um, I can go. Uh, Philo, uh, this has been thoroughly, um, terrifying. Yes, it's hard to picture what it's like that high off the ground. I understand it, the human mind is not built to perceive uh, such magnitude and such escalations. Well, um... But I hope my story can inspire others. I truly, I truly... I might inspire I truly the police to department to find you. I would... You well, will, I will be, be happy to answer any questions. On I've been the thinking about doing some motivational publicly. speaking, so I think some law enforcement officers could maybe learn a thing or you two from what I... You will be reprimanded. And by reprimanded, I mean probably put in jail forever. Well, like I say, uh, motivational speaking is a new interest of mine. I'll be happy to talk to any convicts that they think could, uh, you know, find some greatness within themselves. Okay, well, if you, when and if you're in jail, you start a storytelling event called The Bug or That American There, I will sue you. Okay, good to know. See you in court. Never. Well, that was utterly terrifying. Um... I am going to segue now into another story um, that's a little bit lighter. Uh, this is a woman that I ran into um, around a reservoir. I'm not going to say where yet because we might find that out in her story. This is Jenica Killer F. Hi, how are you? Very well, Janica, and how are you? I'm really well. I'm like super well. And it's like a gorgeous day out, and we're around the water, which is like always like a really great feeling place to be when you're a human. It really is. The water water is soothing. Totally. Water's so soothing. That's why I love being around water and reservoirs. Janica, what do you think of when I ask you what you're capable of? Um, I think about, like, human potential. Like, okay, when I was younger, I always wanted a nickname. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 you just want a nickname, right? Because, like, it's hard to get a nickname. No one wants to give you a nickname when you're just, like, a regular person. And it's hard to give yourself one. And I don't know how other people do it. So I um, tried all these different ways to give myself a nickname and... I thought of one which was like ditzy because <laughs> like people would call me that like it's an adjective but I was like that's kind of a cool nickname and that did not stick um and then I was like uh tipsy because that was like when I started drinking when I was like 16 or so um and that did not stick either which is also an adjective but like they it just neither of them stuck to me um but as you can tell by how you introduced me i did get a nickname killer which is amazing and it actually happened kind of like accidentally it's not the nickname i would have chosen for myself but it just like an accident oh that's 
I would love to hear more about it. I, I know personally um, I try to not get any nicknames because so far it's usually Shart. That, um, oh, because you're, yeah. Um, did you also know that, like, means, uh, when you go to the bathroom in your I know pants? exactly what it is. Because they, I know exactly what it is. I, and did that's it not once. what I've ever done. Oh, I oh, did yeah. it one time in my living room, though. So, it's, like, not an emergency. Well, now it's on the radio. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Can you tell us a little more about how you got the nickname Killer? Yeah, it was an accident. It was like actually an accident. Like I was driving my car and I was like, oh, like uh, Prince was on it. And it was that song's like, uh, what does it sound like when birds fly? When doves cry. Yeah. So it was that one. And I um, was backing up uh, in a Burger King parking lot. And uh, I just like backed over something. And I was like, what is that? I was like, what is going on? I'm in a Burger King parking lot. How am I backing over something? And so then I like drove a little bit further and then I looked at my rear view and it was like an employee. You could tell because of the clothes. So I got out of my car and I went over and I was like, oh my God, oh, are you okay? And he was okay. I mean, he was like not okay, but like he wasn't dead. Um, and then like, you know, the ambulance came and he took him to the hospital and stuff. And then like, I think he's actually not dead still. I think he's like in a medically induced coma, but... Then people started calling me killer after I hit him because like, a joke, and that's the one that stuck. <laughs> so, but I'm not like really a killer. I mean, like if he dies, it'll be manslaughter. So it's like slaughtery, but that's like a worse nickname. How did you? How did you not? How did you not get in trouble for this? You you did kill that man. Well, no, he's in a medically induced coma. And, like, uh, I did get in a little trouble. I had to do, like, a bunch of, like, um, you know, like, when you have to, like, uh, work with kids and, like, some kind and they don't pay you for anything. I did that volunteer for a little work. while. Yeah, volunteer work. And also, like, I'm a pretty regular customer at Burger King. So they, like, know me really well. And they would know, like, it's not on purpose. And you're going to keep this nickname. I mean, a nickname is not something you give away. I I literally was trying to get a nickname for like 25 years. And then like the day I don't want a nickname for killing someone, I get the nickname. So once you have a nickname, you can never get rid of it. It's like kind of like, like a religious thing, like a spiritual thing. Janica, you've been smiling the whole time. I can't help but feel like you're relishing this moment, this terrible moment. I'm relishing this beautiful day. It's like about living in the present, you know, Shart? Okay, for... I think that's like a nice nickname for you. I think that sounds good. No, it isn't. It's when you poop your pants. Shardy. When you fart at the same time. Yeah, but like, have you ever gone to a bar and been like, I need a Shardy so bad? And that means Chardonnay. That means Chardonnay. I've never heard that before. Well, you should get some apps and Shardies with me one time. Oh, that sounds disgusting. Um, I mean, they are generally pretty disgusting, but... Thank God there's a reservoir here, because if there wasn't, I would possibly be violent with you. But I will not, because I'm Chartreuse Beljar, and I am a composed human being. Nice. That's great. That's, like, a really nice place to be. Goodbye, Janica. Thank you, Shart. Please don't call me that ever again. If you want to go dog walking anytime, Please just like, stop. call me. I have like 30 small dogs.
Okay, maybe. That was that American there. Um, Chartreuse, quote, Chardonnay Chart, end quote, bell jar, here in the studio. Um, Two random people interviewed two implications for murder. Yeah. Uh, Did that go the way you planned? Did you see it sort of turning out? uh, Yes, I wanted to find killers on the street and be vulnerable around them, not armed at all, and Hmm. put myself at risk. No, that did not go the way I expected it. Oh, so the first part of that answer was sarcastic. That's good to know. I've been told that it's sometimes a, a thing with responses that they are sarcastic. I'm emotionally stunned right now, mm. and that is the truth. But I was. I believe using sarcasm. that. I believe that sarcasm breeds unhappiness. But that's just a personal philosophy. Uh, mm. Chartreuse. I think it's safe to say that neither of those two episodes of these segments are going to bring us um, a great deal of broadcast awards. You say that now. I don't know. They might bring us um, some strange mail, perhaps some some letters. Uh, some people that are grossed out by bugs or murder, which some would say is even grosser than bugs. Well, we could use a little more mail in here anyway, so. Maybe not that kind of mail. Hate. Hate mail. I suppose all publicity is good publicity. That's what I see. You know, perhaps we could blackmail the people that you interview for that American there. Maybe that is the use, ultimately, of these segments. I think you're on to something. Yes, I could shave our pledge drive time down by at least a week, depending on how much we can extort from these people. Let's have this conversation off mic. What do you say? Great, as long as you don't order me a Chardonnay. We can talk about it over drinks. Sounds flirty and inappropriate. I reject you wholeheartedly. Great. I didn't want to put myself in that position either because we're both single and do not enjoy each other's company. Not even a little bit. Chartreuse Bell Jar, a.k.a. Shardy, Chart, Chardonnay, Chardarino. Thank you, and better luck next time. Thank you. You're welcome. You're Welcome World News is brought to you by Typing with a typewriter instead of a computer keyboard. Yes, we noticed, and yes, we are blown away. And by the Chap Masterson Foundation, working diligently to ensure open communication between passers-by and dogs being walked without talking to the dog's owners or even necessarily acknowledging them. The Chad Masterson Foundation. Because you're a good boy, aren't you beautiful? Aren't you precious? Oh yeah, you're a good boy. What's your name? Uh, her name's Shelly. I'm gonna name you Franklin. Now, Live on British Skype, all the way from London, England, we have, as always, Austin Bronte. Austin, how do we find you today? Stephen, good day to you, and good day to you, too. I am very happy to say that I am entirely encased within Britain's oldest and largest living oak tree. That is bizarre and unsettling. Surreal, in fact. Are you okay, Austin? Never been happier. Okay, Austin. Now, what news from the United Isles of England? Mm, mm. Well, Stephen, tell me, what springs to mind when I say whales? Oh, that's an easy one. Large marine mammals with a streamlined hairless body, a horizontal tail fin, and a blowhole on top of the head for breathing. 
Exactly right, Stephen. Of course. Well, it turns out the country of Wales, long famous mostly for its giant marine mammals, is now looking to build a new mountain. A new mountain. That's correct. Expected to stand at over 30,000 feet above sea level, this colossus will become Great Britain's tallest mountain. Over 30,000 feet? Well, that's actually taller than Mount Everest. Yes, indeed. A truly mighty achievement for a tiny country. Soon to be home to the tallest mountain in the United Kingdom. Uh, yes, and in fact, the world at that point. If you insist, Stephen. But this is all about Welsh pride and really giving the country something they can rally around. The undertaking known as a project tallest mountain in Wales is currently in the planning phase. The committee will be looking for at least a hundred volunteers to build the mountain and are hoping to launch it in time for the new year. This coming new year. Yes, well, that's the plan, Stephen. Project Tallest Mountain in Wales thinks they're going to build a 30,000-foot mountain with 100 people in a matter of weeks. That's not... It is the can-do spirit and Welsh pride. Okay. Well, we wish them well, of course. Good luck to them and to their majestic, serene aquatic animals. May they fare well in their annual epic migrations. To you, Stephen. Ah, yes, and to you, Austin, a hearty... What else do you have for us today? Finally, Stephen, just a reminder for you and your listeners, England will be visiting America on Tuesday. Oh, Austin, yes, thank you so much for the memo I had clean forgotten. Uh, We will prepare our country accordingly, mop, dust, and re-alphabetize all of our DVDs. Uh, Do you have any tips for our listeners on how to behave, should they encounter anyone from England next week? No mention of the Duke of Eccleston. Keep your tie polished, and remember, no eye contact. Austin, thank you for your tips. I know I speak on behalf of my entire country when I say how excited we all are to have England come to visit. Will we be seeing you at our studios in Los Angeles? No. Fair enough. Goodbye, Austin. Hmm... Now, being right all the time takes a toll, and so here are this week's Your Welcome World News retractions. Uh, Cell phones do not cause cancer instantly. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys is not working on a new type of surf-driven hip-hop called Flip Flop. Count Chocula was never an official member of the Avengers. The major export of Thailand is not little grocery store twist ties. And finally, yes, I can believe it's not butter. A quick update on PRA's ongoing fundraiser. We are up to 1.5% of our fundraising goal. Donors at the $10 or higher pledge range receive a lecture on how you're feeding your cat the wrong food. Thanks for listening, or at least having us on in the background while you drive. And special thanks, as always, to research assistants Eric Stoles, Madeline Wager, Jeremy Simon, and Levi Petrie along with intern Leslie Corrine and in-studio meteorologist Zane Grant. I'm Stefan Hyphen-Straitman saying, we're right all the time, so you don't have to be. Thank you, and you're welcome.